200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, last week we talked about um, the potential for political pressure to have been um, part of the equation in the uh, firing of Dan Pantaleo in New York City by the New York City Commissioner. Um, we, do, we can't get in the commissioner's head, but we do know that Mayor de Blasio repeatedly and routinely has thrown law enforcement under the bus. Um, you know, he's recently been quoted as saying his son, who is an African-American young man, is, quote, fearful of the police. Um, he's painted police in a negative light. Uh, he's not alone. There's a lot of politicians out there. There's a lot of press out there. There's a lot of protesters out there that are vehemently and vocally anti-police. I'll give you Elizabeth Warren on the five-year anniversary of the death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, she sent out a tweet indicating that Michael Brown was murdered. Murdered. Michael Brown, I'll remind everybody, um, was the person who attacked Darren Wilson, tried to disarm Darren Wilson, left Darren Wilson with numerous injuries, and was charging and attacking Wilson for a second time. He's six foot, 300 pounds. Darren Wilson's not. Um, Elizabeth Warren wasn't alone in the tweet. Uh, she was joined by Kamala Harris about 20 minutes prior to Warren's tweet, basically the same tweet. He was murdered. Not true. It's simply factually not true. After many investigations, four, I think, autopsies, it was clearly stated in the report that exonerated uh, uh, Officer Wilson that he was justifiably killed. What do you think about this constant pressure from politicians, the press, who drive these narratives of hands up, don't shoot, and unarmed black man, and all of this stuff. The protesters that you know go out there in the streets and destroy—they're not protesters; they're rioters. They're right, destroying public right. property. They're destroying private property. They're, they're committing crimes, <laughs> and yet they get away with it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this this kind of unraveling of um, civilized society? Well. The idea of politicians using um, hot-button issues uh, like police use of force or the death penalty or any crime-related issue is not a new one. I mean, we can go back centuries on um, when politicians used uh, these issues to gain popularity. The funny thing is, is that in the past, the tough-on-crime um sort of rhetoric seemed to be the one that got the most tread. Now we're hearing the opposite. We're, we're continuing to hear the decriminalization rhetoric from some of the candidates, the political candidates, some, some in office and some uh, that are aspiring for higher office, including presidential. And, and just like um, we're not naming uh, active shooters, I, I respectfully decline to name the politicians involved. But I will say that the shift towards national decriminalization policy continues in high gear with some of the candidates talking about um, 
rehabilitating the, quote, police use of force uh, reforms, ending uh, solitary confinement in jails and prisons, uh, paying, this is, this one uh, sort of makes me squirm a little, paying a living wage to inmates who work while incarcerated, huh. uh, none ever forced to my knowledge, uh, decriminalizing drugs, uh, that continues, we've, we've done it um, in a dozen states already, uh, and then opening supervised injection sites for otherwise illegal intravenous drug use. Uh, some call for a more vigorous reduction of the, quote, mass incarceration industry, end quote, and an end to the death penalty. Some, like in California here, uh, we're, we're looking uh, at a new uh, paradigm as far as police use of force uh, being uh, they've, they've actually taken the wording of necessary out of the new legislation, uh, the 392, Senate Bill 392 law, that, but, but it holds uh, California law enforcement officers to a higher sense of scrutiny at the uh, use of force um, standard than the rest of the country, the objective reasonableness standard. Um, uh, they've opened a lot of these uh, politicians when they talk in in the vein of these reforms and of these uh, police shootings. They they constantly omit the fact that most, if not all, of these individuals uh, that have been uh, shot or otherwise had force used on them uh, had initiated the contact by being involved in a crime. That they they weren't active crime participants before they came into contact with law enforcement. So, I mean, that's lost in the narrative. And so the police are left holding the bag. And we talked in, in a previous show about police slowdowns and, and police saying, hey, let's just stay in the car. Let's stay in the station and wait for the call. Uh, I mean, with this kind of rhetoric, you can understand that reasoning. Yeah. And, you know, they're all to my way of looking at it, it's, it's, it's like a triumvirate. It's, it's the uh, iron triangle of the politicians, the press, and the protesters. And, it, so, and they've seized this, the narrative on law enforcement in the United States, which, by the way, has probably never been more successful at enforcing the law. Crime rates are down nationwide with pockets of places where it's up. Chicago, St. Louis, Baltimore. But guess what's happening in those cities? <laughs> They're run by the politicians, the press, and the protesters who are anti-police. And guess what's happening there? They're pulling back from proactive policing. I will name names. You know, I know that we're going to talk in coming weeks about the Don't Name Them project, about you know not naming active shooters. And you and I have been on the same page on that one for a long time. But I believe it's important to call out the politicians, the people who are collecting money from our tax dollars and who are irresponsibly using their bully pulpit to vilify the police, the police who are heroes, the police who are protectors, the police who are doing the, the right things at the right times for the right reasons to help people. And these politicians, the only reason that they're, they're doing this vilification of law enforcement is because it pays them political dividends. It gets them votes. It, the ballot box, it gets them on television because the press are... S not similarly minded, same minded in many cases. Um, you know, I'll, you mentioned some of these reforms that they're suggesting. Uh, the ending of 
uh, solitary confinement. That probably would have been good for Jerry Epstein, but uh, you know, in many cases, solitary is the right way to handle a certain person because they're just darn dangerous. Right. You know, to others, not to just themselves. Um, decriminalization of various drugs, um, re- ignoring low-level quality of life crimes which creates neighborhoods like mine that 20 years ago was really not a bad neighborhood and now i find needles on the streets when i go down to the store um it's it's creating a a, an environment where law enforcement are disincentivized and um demotivated that again we've said this before many times it's the citizens who suffer ultimately from all of this anti-police the vilification you know I'll give you one more name. Um, Bernie Sanders, just a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember precisely when, called for the end of all use of facial recognition software. (laughs) Okay, I get the idea that we should ease ourselves into, and I'm a proponent of easing into facial recognition software. Let's wait until the cake is baked completely before before we get there. Right. But experimentation with it, I think, is absolutely valid. I think that working with the technology developers and saying, hey, this works, this doesn't, you know, that's going to accelerate this technology becoming something that's really useful in public safety, right? Yeah, totally. I, I, you, you took the words out of my mouth with the, um, the banning facial recognition. Um, there's, there's no give. It, it, these are dichotomy issues for, for these people who say all or nothing. Let's, let's never use facial recognition. Um, they also talk about raising the age of criminal liability to age 18, which, you know, in San Francisco, we've already eliminated our criminal justice system for juveniles. Yeah. We've eliminated a place to hold them in confinement. So um, juveniles, just by sake of being under the age of 18, who commit heinous crimes like murder or rape or vicious violent assaults, uh, we don't really have a place for them anymore. So uh, what do we do with with individuals like that? Uh, ending the cash bail system. Now, there are some individuals who just flat out shouldn't be on the street. And if you're letting them out on their own recognition with uh, violent track records, with no um, domicile that we can go back and find them to, um, I think that, you know, we're playing with fire and it's a, it, these are social experiments where uh, people on the street end up um, on the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And then it's left in the hands of the police. And if we're going to say that, OK, we're going to treat mental illness differently and it's, it's a public health problem, we're going to treat drug offenses as if they're public health problems, then okay, let's make the shift of responsibility to public health. Let's put four of them in a van driving around, picking these people up, throwing them in the back and taking them somewhere. But but to say these things and then still leave it, leave the end product in the hands of the police, it's it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, like you said, you could go back decades of... Um, Places now there are some places, of course, in the United States that are the politicians are very, very much pro police. Um, there, there, you know, there are red states <laughs> and there are red cities. Uh, we happen to live in probably the bluest of the blues, uh, so we're exposed to it probably more so. But it, for me, it's more when you get to the politicians and the and the press, particularly because they're 
more of a national thing. The protesters are more of a local thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, it's the mainstream national media, the broadcast television networks. I, here, I won't name names, but we all know who they are. Right. Um, the, wide, the, 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 the print media that use websites, that, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're pandering to a group of people who want to click who want so they're they're benefiting with advertising dollars the politicians are benefiting with voters with with publicity with visibility on television and in, in those print magazines or print publications rather so it's all again this an iron triangle of these three forces working together to vilify heroes right. which makes me mad yeah it's going to backfire. I mean, I think in, in really, quote, progressive cities like Berkeley, California and Portland, Oregon, uh, you've seen a little bit of the backlash where the citizenry say, this is ridiculous. We have politicians uh, backing um, the works of Antifa uh, that are destroying um, uh, public property, that are kicking in doors and redirecting traffic and kicking cars mayhem and- on the streets. And... Uh, just now we're starting to see the backlash and we're seeing some backpedaling by politicians saying, okay, enough's enough. Um, We've got to rein some of these people in. Uh, Maybe there's a show in this, but there's even talk of uh, labeling Antifa as a domestic terrorist group. So I'd be in favor of that. Um, What's it like where you're at? Are you in a a blue jurisdiction, a red jurisdiction or purple jurisdiction? And what you know, like what's going on with your local media? I, I've found mostly that local media are much more fair, uh, generally speaking, than the mainstream national media. But you know, there's there's places where it's it's pretty anti-police. What about your politicians? Send us an email to policing matters at police one dot com. That's policing matters at police one dot com. Thank you again for listening.